If you're looking for a podcast to give you tips and tricks on remembering the 12 gifts of the 12 days of Christmas Oh, song, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a dang lot of birds. Uh, um, it is. There yeah. are a number of birds. Oh, I heard earlier this week that it wasn't always those 12 gifts. It was 12 different gifts. Oh, Lord, like you've got to remember different a different version of 12 verses of 11 different things. Good gosh, I'm out of Yes, yeah. No. But, but this isn't that popular. No. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple takes turns each episode selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch. Uh, we watch it together, then we sit down and discuss why we liked it, loved it, or loathed it, and share that discussion with you. I'm Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can follow me on X slash Twitter at MovieManStan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage, And you can also follow me over on a couple of other places, Spoutable, Threads, and Blue Sky, all at Stan the Movie Man. If you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, or if you have a question you'd like to ask, you can send that to us. Uh, send it via email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is my other half. Maud the Cranky Broad. Mm. Ho, ho, ho. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, we are um, in our, what it actually turns out is our last holiday film of the season mm -hmm. in Comedy Tragedy Marriage because we are taking the next two weeks off. So you won't hear back from us, hopefully, until January the 9th. Yes. I believe that's correct. That's the date. Uh, but uh, we are here one final time in 2023 to discuss my selection this week uh, in our series of holiday films of questionable quality with Christmas with the Cranks. Hence my being the cranky broad. Yes. It stars Tim Allen. Uh, also, Jamie it has Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, Dan Aykroyd. M. Emmett Walsh, Eric Per Sullivan, Cheech Marin, Jake Busey, Austin Pendleton, Tom Poston in what would turn out to be his final film role, oh. and many, many more. Yeah, it was a big cast. Yes. Uh, it's the story of a uh, married couple, Luther and Nora Crank, played by Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. They have just sent their oldest daughter off actually their only child mm -hmm. uh, and daughter off um to co to join the peace, the peace corps. corps how dangerous could it be mm. uh, mm. very mm. uh that's uh, uh julie gonzalo is the actress who plays blair crank uh she has gone off to uh to join the peace corps uh, and this is the first year that the Cranks will be alone for Christmas. So um, Luther is at work, and he decides to figure out how much they spent last Christmas. 
and it's a an amount of just over six thousand dollars. I'm between sorry, decoration that's a lot. And gifts and food and everything else, six thousand like one hundred thirty-two dollars. Something like that. And we should say that the cranks, um, Nora particularly, um, but the cranks do Christmas big. Obviously. And they live in a huge neighborhood where mm. all the neighbors do Christmas big. Yes, it's a neighborhood of McMansions. Yes, and um, very heavily decorated McMansions when the yes. holidays come. And it, it's, it's a very important part of the neighborhood life that everybody uh, decorates their home. Yeah, however, there's like grown-up peer pressure. However, Luther decides that instead of spending all that money uh, and taking all that time to decorate and cook and Shop buy gifts and, yeah. and all the rest of it, that he and Nora are going to take a Caribbean cruise. And just kind of <clears throat> blow off the holiday. In fact, exactly. I think that he uses the word boycott. Yes, he, he, he doesn't plan on doing anything for the holiday. He's not going to decorate the house. He's not going to buy anybody any presents. He is just going to go off with his wife on a romantic Caribbean cruise. Now, and in the end, they'll end up saving money. Yeah. Um, and with the exception of giving their annual contribution to the children's hospital. Yes. They, they uh, are not going to make any donations. And so when their house doesn't get decorated... Uh, the neighbors begin to talk and wonder what's going on. And one of those neighbors is Vic Frohmeyer, played by Dan Aykroyd, who is the self-appointed... Uh, Block captain or yes, something. Yes, king of the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, he's also the self-appointed uh, Christmas king. I am the mayor <clears throat> of Christmas. Yes. Um, he and his children all have the same haircut. They, they <laughs> all have these flat tops. And um, and he w wants to know what's going on, and they explain it to him that they're not going to do Christmas this year. They're going to go on a cruise. Well, theirs is the only house. The Cranks are the only house that isn't decorated, and they always put up this giant, like, eight-foot-tall Frosty the Snowman mm -hmm. on top of, of their roof. Huge tradition, huge. And uh, everybody in the neighborhood has one of those Frosty the Snowman. Exactly the same. Very, exactly the Very same. Stepford and creepy. Very, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, so the neighbors start putting pressure on the cranks. Uh, they, uh, they send uh, the Frohmeyers their kids go over and you know chant free frosty free yeah. frosty free frosty and uh people are are making crank phone calls about you know putting up frosty and uh another neighbor uh that lives across the street Walt Scheel uh who's played by That's Emmett, Emmett Walsh, Emmett Walsh. Um, you know he's just very mean to Luther, uh, uh, in general. Um, Old man. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, uh, Lu uh, he calls, Walt calls Luther old man every time they, they interact and, and Luther hates it. So, now, it turns out that um, 
uh, Walt's wife, Bev Scheel, who is played by Elizabeth Franz, uh, is having a relapse of her cancer. And uh, things may not be going well for her. Yeah. So this may be their last Christmas together. So you kind of cut um, Walt a little slack because he's got a lot on him. He does. But you get the impression that this antagonistic relationship between Walt and Luther has been going on a long time. Oh, yeah. So um, there's there's all this, this pressure from all their friends and neighbors about, um, you know, putting up their Christmas decorations, and they're not going to do it. And it gets to, like, two days before uh, they're supposed to leave on their uh, Caribbean cruise, which they leave on Christmas Day mm -hmm. when they get a phone call. From Blair. From Blair, who is coming home for Christmas. Surprise! And she is bringing uh, his, uh, her boyfriend, who is a doctor uh, with the Peace Corps, um, and his name is Enrique de Cardinal. And uh, he's played, Rene, played by Rene Lavon. And another surprise. Yes, and they're getting married. Surprise! Lots of surprises. Yeah. So, um, Nora convinces Luther. Um, oh, and, and and their daughter says, and you're still having your Christmas party, right? Yeah, because there's a huge party that the Cranks throw every year on Christmas Eve. They For all their friends. The, they feed the whole neighborhood. They well, I, have... I got the impression the neighbors didn't come. This was just like their friends who came to this. But because of the last minute Nature notification, of yeah. that and they had told all their friends that they weren't going to have the party. Uh, none of their friends can come. They have other plans. So the neighbors wind Kick up in. coming. Okay. But, um, you know, Luther can't find a decent Christmas tree. Um, and uh, they, um, you know, they can't find the, the food that they particularly like the this kind of honey ham Blair's favorite yes. yeah uh, and and the one that Nora winds up buying off a guy in the checkout line at the grocery store winds up getting run over uh, by a semi truck um, and and there's this mad dash to decorate the house and uh, get a tree which Luther borrows the tree from the neighbors across the street because they are leaving to go see her. Uh, they're going to see family. So the the husband of the couple says, oh, okay, you can you can borrow the tree, but don't break any of the ornaments. And you got to have it back before my yeah. wife knows anything has, right. you know, been amiss at and, all. And nothing can be disturbed. Uh, so when they, when the neighbors see this mad dash to decorate, um, and Frosty, God rest his soul, um, is destroyed after falling off the roof. Um, all the neighbors pitch in to help them decorate and to come to the party. So it looks like it's just your basic average mm -hmm. Christmas with the cranks. Um, now, the reason this movie is on our series of holiday films of questionable quality is because it was ravaged 
by the critics. Um, it got a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which, oh my gosh, that's harsh. Now, yeah, well, it is. <laughs> wow. Uh, 5%, I mean, now, they drew, do strictly a positive review or a negative yeah, review. Yeah, yeah, uh, So, it's you know, a little if, skewed. It's, if it's reviewed by 100 critics, it, it, 95 of them had generally negative reviews of it, 5% had generally positive reviews. Now, Metacritic, which weights, you know, how much they hate the movie, gave it a 22. Which is still bad. Which is still bad. Uh, and so, and I had never seen it. You had never seen no. it. Uh, so, I decided that would be a perfect entry into our mm -hmm. films of questionable quality. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I understand why it's there. I do too, because it's um, it's not great. I mean, it's not unwatchable, um, but it isn't so bad. It's fun. No, and I I see, like the first forty five minutes of the thing. I'm like, well, I don't understand why they were harsh and so hard on this. But the more we got into it, and particularly once the um, w once the neighbors started to pitch in to like help Christmas happen for the cranks, then so much started to happen. It was it was too much. It was just too much. It was a lot. It was too much. It was like the episode of Friends where Rachel gets the trifle recipe mixed up and two oh, yeah. pages two are pages stuck are together. together yeah. So she's got a trifle with like meat and peas like, like a, and uh, fruit uh, and whipped cream shepherd's in pie it. Mix. Yeah, and it's like it it was just too much, too well, much, too much, too much. It was overwhelming. Even well, describing it now is making me twitch. Joey liked it. Joey is a well, he's a whore, and he's Fruit, also a... good. Jam, good. Meat, good. good. Yeah, Joey is a whore, and he is also a food whore. Yes. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it just, it went, that was where it really went off the rails for me. Well. It became stressful. I, my problems come much earlier. Um, well, earlier I, it was just kind of, eh. I have no problem with the cranks not wanting to celebrate Christmas the way they had always done it when their kid was little. Yeah. Because their kid has gone off to the Peace Corps. Sure. And, you know, granted, Luther is made out to be the bad guy. Um, because... Yeah, Nora, Nora kind of is not co not fully committed to this whole boycott and Christmas thing. No, but... It, and she... she bends to the pressure of everybody. She can't stand the fact that, you know, um, the carolers come to their house and, and just keep singing Christmas carols over and over and over and over and over again. And the whole neighborhood comes out to sing Christmas carols to them to try to reignite their Christmas spirit. Yeah. Um, but I have no problem with them boycotting Christmas. No, me neither. I mean, we that don't... That would have been fun to see. We don't decorate our house. We haven't for a very long time. Well, but that's uh, not why, though. Well, no, we don't We don't boycott Christmas. No. But we're both of an age to where a lot of our family is no longer here. Um, and we don't buy each other presents because... 
we're grown-ups, and if there's anything we want, we just get it ourselves. Because <laughs> we're selfish. <laughs> there's that. Uh, but if, if there's something, you know, if she, if if Maud sees something that she wants, she knows she can get it if it's affordable. Yeah, if it's within not our like, budget. Yeah. And same for same me. Same for Stan. So we're basically no fun at all. But we like it. Well, we're we're fun, but it's more of a contained fun. It's a mm. it, it's a a fun within our little sphere. Um, and, but here's what troubles me about the early, you know the first half or more of the movie mm-hmm. is the the way nobody can just accept that the cranks don't want to have Christmas. Oh no, it's it's like so not what Christmas is supposed to be. Exactly. It's not Christmas spirit, it's Christmas hostility. And if you don't do it our way, we're going to make you pay. Exactly. And Not cool. There there's there's this there's passive aggressive pressure placed on them and then of course the just direct plain pressure. aggressive pressure. Yes. And uh, Nora has these two ladies that she goes to lunch with, and they uh, cannot wrap their heads around the fact that she's going to go away and not do Christmas. And this, in this, this whole neighborhood, this, this, this sort of Stepford Wives yeah. mentality of conformity mm-hmm. uh, that if we do it, you've got to do it. You've always done it this way. Exactly. You cannot do it any other way. So we don't cannot rock the de- boat. We can't deviate from the plan. Exactly. I That's just, not okay. I found that whole part of the film just really distasteful. Mm-hmm. And and granted, um, to a degree, uh, Luther is selfish, but that's okay. He's a grown-up. Yeah. It's not like he kicked a family of poor people out of his house and refused to feed them and uh, clothe them and house them because he was going away on a trip. It's just him and his wife in this very big house. Um, So, you know, I, it's fine to just enjoy a holiday in your own way or not enjoy a holiday in your own way. Let me keep it the, my way or let me leave it alone. Well, yes, it, it is somewhat Scrooge-like in, in, in that way. But it's not like he's abusing other people with his views. He just chooses not to celebrate. Let's save some money. Let's um, let's buffer. do something for ourselves. Yeah, let's for a buffer change. the blow of Blair not being home for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can see that Nora, as a mother, um, is is you know going to be missing her kid, and I think that part of his motivation is a save money, but also b um, break with tradition and break with routine and maybe, um, you know, have a new kind of good time, just the two of them. Well, and it would also take Nora's mind off Exactly, of yes. Uh, That's what I was trying to get to. But. Yeah. Um, so, I just the, the whole way the neighborhood bands together to browbeat them mm-hmm. into celebrating Christmas 
which doesn't work until Blair calls and says, I'm coming home and I'm bringing my fiancé with me. Yeah, and then the, the, the cranks are like, holy crap, we've got to do Christmas after all. And, and they don't. And this bothers me as well. The fact that they couldn't say to their adult daughter, mm -hmm. who was in the Peace Corps and is adult enough to have, you know, uh, promised herself to this Venezuelan doctor yeah, in, in marriage that, no, honey, we're not going to be here. There's not going to be a party. We're going to the Caribbean. Because you left. Well, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, but, but that's, said, that's why they're we changing made plan. plans. We spent $3,000 for this cruise. And we're and not going to be here. And yeah. we're going to go. Yeah. But no, Nora just melts. She turns into a puddle and, and just says, oh, yeah, we're having the party. Sure, bring your, your fiancé home. Um because he's never had an American Christmas. Well, guess what? A huge chunk of the world has never had an American, American Christmas. Christmas. And they are just fine. Yeah. Um, so, I, the, the whole premise of the movie... Is bowing to pressure and, and yeah, I, yeah, I get it. it. It's, it's... Cringy. It's, it's somewhat cringy and there are some just really poor choices um in the script uh, the movie shouldn't have been made in my opinion because it, there's so much that is just wrong with the way all the people in this film behave yeah i mm, it, it's one of these it's it's a life experience that i have had now i do not need to repeat it the movie is based on a John Grisham book. Yeah, and I would I would kind of like to read the book. I've got to believe that between the book and the film, something went horribly, horribly <laughs> awry. Uh, well, maybe. Um, Skipping Christmas is the name of yeah. the book. And um, it uh, was, um, was a bestseller. Um, well, of course, it was a Christian. Reached number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, Did it say when it was published? 2001. Oh, wow. Okay, so. Um, and. Not like his high school, you know, term paper or something. No, uh, but Publishers Weekly observed in their review, for all its clever curmudgeonly edge and minor charms, no way does this Christmas yarn from Grisham rank with A Christmas Carol, as the publisher claims, nor does it rank with Grisham's own best work. The premise is terrific, as you'd expect from Grisham, but as clever as the setup is, its elaboration is ho-hum. There's a good reason why nearly all classic Christmas tales rely on an element of fantasy for literally at least Christmas is a time of miracles. Um, Ouch. Uh, Entertainment Weekly gave it a C plus. <clears throat> uh, Brett Fret, uh, Bruce Fretz uh, commented, uh, even at 177 mini pages, uh, Skipping Christmas feels padded. Despite yeah. a few nicely observed details, Grisham mostly trades in stale fruitcake jokes and sub-Christmas vacation slapstick, of which there's a, uh, 
uh, some amount some. of in, yeah. in the movie. Uh, like his recent coming-of-age novel, A Painted House, Skipping represents a departure for the king of the legal thrillers, but in this case, it is an unworthy destination. Wow. So, the book was not greatly received, even though it was... It doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, the what mostly gets you number one on the list, uh, on, the, on the New York Times bestseller list, is pre-orders. So, a lot of that... Was just reputation. Is, is it's exactly. oh god, oh, it's, it's a new Grisham, Grisham and it's yeah. Christmas, so yes. it's got to be great. Yeah, not not necessarily. Yeah, but it's still not as much harshed upon as the film, and with good reason. Yeah, I don't ever need to see this again. No, and and there are some really odd decisions as far as the humor. Uh, for instance, um. <laughs> They go to get a tan, a, a, a uh, you know, a, like a uh, at a tanning bed. Yeah, yeah. tanning bed uh, tan, and um, some somebody knocks on Nora's door of her room and startles her, and she bumps her head, and it and it makes a little cut on her head. So she goes out to the lobby to uh, to get a band-aid if they have one and this is in a shopping mall well their their priest walks by and sees her in a bikini that's tom poston's tom last Poston, appearance yes. in a film not a shining moment um and then luther comes out and he looks like he has been put in a toaster set on you know seven he may i don't know he might have gone in for the spray i well, don't know I don't know. But he's either. he's oily and brown and yes. looks like a Christmas turkey with a crusty skin. Yes. Um and and so I mean I understand going to get a base tan to if you're going to the Caribbean because the sun's more intense. But yeah, that whole and the priest seeing her and just staring at that was, her. That was an excuse to see Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs in a bikini. Well. And uh, Tim Allen's crusty got, dad bod. All you got to do is, you know, go watch Trading Places and you can see her boobs. Um, so that was very odd. The The whole thing with the Frosty uh, where... You know, Tim Allen's on the roof, and he, he Frosty tips over, and it crashes on the ground, and then Tim Allen's falling off the roof, but he gets caught in the rope. Hanging by the ankle, by, yeah. yeah. And um, that will likely would have dislocated his hip, at the very least. Um, you know, and... Um, and the thing with when him go with him going to get Botox, what was that? Where his face, he looks like he he's been made up to look like a a Romulan from Star Trek in part. I don't know. It, it, I mean, there was just so, and he's like stabbing his himself in the face with a fork because he can't feel anything, and food falls out of his mouth because he can't chew properly well he because feel his face. he's 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 you know paralyzed in essence 
and then the next day he's, he looks like he did before. Well, there's I, the a suspension whole, of disbelief, but yes. it just it just it was uh, uh, just a whole bunch of weird, crazy stuff thrown together to see what would stick. Yeah. And and then there's the criminal uh, who gets arrested, bringing Blair and and uh, her boyfriend home from the uh, from the airport. Uh, the police, the apparently only police in this uh, little town, are sent to the airport to bring Blair and Enrique bring, yeah, to the house to the house, and because the the they need more time to. Uh, to, to decorate yeah. and and cook and everything, uh, they ask the cops to stall, and they wind up actually catching a burglar. What? And then he's put in the car with Blair and Enrique. Well, they're the only cops in town, apparently. Apparently, so the one cruiser. I, it's, it's it is. There's so many weird choices made in this movie that. Are attempts at humor? I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> no, I really don't. We're thirty minutes in. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, I, we will both take a pass. I think on this one. Uh, yeah, we never yeah. need to watch. This does not need to join the uh, roster of uh, annual holiday viewings. No. Uh, so, uh, what rating do you give Christmas with the Cranks? Uh, um, zero. <laughs> It was bad. Yeah. It just, it makes me, it makes my stomach churn to think about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, and there, there are a few laughs, uh, widely spaced apart, very brief laughs. And small. Yes. Um, so I, I give it one star. It's, it's just not a well done movie. And this may be the worst one we've watched in our holiday films of questionable Yeah, quality. I mean, at least Santa's sleigh was so bad it was cheesy and there was, it was, you know, fun to hate on it. Yes, there, there was, there was a great deal wrong with Santa's sleigh, but I enjoyed that film a great deal more yeah. than I did Because Christmas it was like, oh God, I can't believe they did that. I can't <laughs> believe, what? What was Goldberg thinking? So, yeah. <laughs> So different. Yeah. Um, the pantheon of good Christmas stuff, however, we, uh, we've touched on a little bit because we watched um, the classic Charlie Brown Christmas mm -hmm. and we watched the classic Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes, we did. And um, we also watched uh, one of our um, uh, the Christmas 19, carols. Yeah, the 1951 version of A Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim. Um, which is one of the classic um, must-see versions of this Charles Dickens Christmas tale. Mm -hmm. It's um, so we've 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 scratched the surface. we've attempted to purge the yeah. bad, horrible taste in the mouth that the Christmas with the Cranks debacle has left. Yes. So um, the, the all of the the good things that we've watched so far. Um, I mean, I'm a creature of habit, and so there are things that make the holiday season complete for me. The Grinch and Charlie Brown start to do that. The um, the 
many versions of the Scrooge mythos mm -hmm. um, begin to do that. We've watched a lot of different versions of the Scrooge tale over yes. the years and um, have found something to recommend with most of them. I'm not, I, as a musician, frankly, I'm not really that big a fan of the musical version with Albert Finney. It was just kind of, eh. Well, what about the me. musical version? With uh, Frasier? With Frasier. Much better. I like really? it. I, I like it better than the Albert Finney version. I I disagree. You like the Albert Finney better? I like the Albert Finney version better. I mean, I don't love them either of them. Uh, as much as just the regular ones. Yes, I much prefer like the George C. Scott. Oh my gosh, the version. Captain Picard one. The Captain Picard one. Uh, I like the FX one with Guy Pierce. It was yes, dark and I, twisty. I recommended that to someone recently. Yeah. Uh, Granted, it's three hours, but Worth it. it is so twisted and dark in ways that improve, I think, the story. Yeah. Plus, you get more of Marley um, uh, and and more backstory of them, mm -hmm. uh, and you see what kind of tyrant uh, Scrooge's father was. Mm -hmm. um, and why... why he got the way he is. Yes. And it isn't, and, and the conclusion is not your basic, oh, I've discovered the love of Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's something else. It's, 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 it's a, related, but it's something else. It's a different, um, it's a different nuance completely. Mm -hmm. It, it does depart from, you know, strict Dickens canon. Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily for purists, mm -hmm. but it was really good, and I really liked it, and I've got five days coming off, and you've got four, Yeah. and I think we need to maybe do a Scrooge-a-thon. Oh, well, um, I'm all for it. I'm I... all for it. Um, we could, um, we also have not yet seen the Reginald Owen 1938 version of A Christmas Carol, no. which needs to happen. Yeah. And we have not yet watched the Cheese Fest that is the 1949 The Christmas Carol, yes. narrated by um, Vincent Price yes. and starring um, Uncle Drunk. <laughs> he, uh, the I, actor I, who plays Scrooge, I swear, has got to be three sheets to the wind in this thing. It's uh, so bad. I don't know about that, especially since that thing was shown live. Uh, when it first aired, Ugh, but so it's, bad, it's delightful. It is. It's very truncated. It's only a half hour long. They leave a bunch of stuff out. Well, of course, they're on one set that's just dark. Um, but it, it has its own sort of low rent charm. Oh, it's it's. I don't even like cheese, but I like this. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's so dreadfully wretched. It, it is. It's pretty awful. Yeah. But in a delicious way. Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, uh, like blue cheese. We watch it ironically. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. We do. We watch it because it's because so bad. Because it's so bad. Yeah. Um, like um, Manos, The Hands of Fate, one of the worst films and I even use the word film very loosely. Well, you should. It's 
It's such a horrible movie. Oh, it's terrible. And my friend recommended it to me and actually lent me his Mystery Science Theater 3000 version on DVD so that we could watch it. Well, I, I have to think if you watched the actual Manos Hands of Fate. I would gouge my eyes out with a fork. Yes, w without the commentary. Yes, you have to have the commentary in order for it to be worth it. Yes. Um, that's what makes it fun because otherwise it's, it would just be just, you know, but anyway. Yes. Um, so as our year comes to a close, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that I have read, and I'm actually not going to mention them by name. I'm just going to say that as of last night, um, I had completed 29 books this year, not counting reading through the Bible twice. Mm -hmm. um, and 29 books for me is respectable considering um, the fact that some of the books I read were large. Mm -hmm. Okay, I read Poisonwood Bible and um, Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver, both. Mm -hmm. um, Demon Copperhead won the 22 Pulitzer Prize both very large books, okay? I read Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Doerr, also a very large book. Um, early in the year, I read 112263 by Stephen King, also a very large book. So, um, I, I mean, I have friends um, in the library world and not in the library world who set goals for themselves to like read a book a week. I cannot do that. No. Um, but for me to have read through 29 this year is, um, I'm pleased. And I actually brought a children's book home from the library today that I hope to read before the end of the year because it's a children's book and it's little. It's by Cynthia, Bo Cynthia Voigt. It was a Newbery medalist. It's called Young Freddle and it's the story of a mouse and his mouse family. And I haven't gotten very far into it, but I think I should be able to finish it by the end of the year. So that might round out the year with with 30 for me, not counting reading the Bible through twice. And I read one. But you read one. I did. And you had started on another. Yes, uh, I, I uh, had started, um, I started The Shining mm -hmm. and just have not had a chance to get back to it in, because I want a big chunk of time. Yeah. Because I want to take out big hunks of it as opposed to reading, you know, a couple of chapters yeah, of that. Yeah, I tend to do that the same way. Um, the exception is when I read a book of short stories, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Those you can kind of come back to, um, read a story, go about your life for a little while, read another short story or two, go about your life for a while. And because it was free, I downloaded um, to my iPad a um, version of, well, uh, Dickens' The Christmas Carol. <gasps> oh. Uh, I haven't really gotten into it yet, but that's... Do you know who the narrator is? It's not an e-book. It's, I mean, it's not It's a, not it's an not audio. audio book. It's just it's, print. It's an e-book. Okay. Cool. So it's, I, um, it's a lovely novella. It wouldn't take you that long to get through it. I would like to revisit it as well because it's just to read it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's lovely. Um, but the book I read mm. was by James Patterson and Mike Lupica, mm -hmm. and it was called 12 Months to Live. Yeah, and you really liked it. Except for the very Except last page. Except for the page. last page, yeah. It just really sort of blew up on the last page. Maybe you, maybe it wouldn't feel that way for you, but for me, 
the last page was sort of like, okay, what? we're done now. Well, and I read um, by James Patterson and Dolly Parton, Run, Rose, Run, mm -hmm. and um, it wrapped up kind of quickly, too. Yeah. It was yeah. a good story. It was clear that there was actual um, research done into the music field and into Nashville itself, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, Dolly, Dolly Parton's contribution, clearly. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a good story. It was well paced, except at the end, they just kind of wrapped it up. It was like, okay, we're done now. I, I, I would have liked that to have been fleshed out a little more fully. Yeah, I, I also would have liked a more concrete conclusion to Twelve Months to Live. Yeah. But up until then, it's a very interesting, very exciting story. So I highly recommend it. Except maybe the last. I may have to. I may have to read that. All right. Um, and um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm reading The Shining. Uh, and it is, as I said an episode or two back, it's far superior to the movie. That's generally the case? Yes. Not always, necessarily. And, and I understand. I understand the complications of taking a book and turning it into a two-hour movie. Squeezing it down, yeah, you leave out you a lot of stuff. You do not have, you simply don't have the real estate to work with. Yeah. Even like the, um, uh, they did a, a mini-series version on sci-fi um, where they adapted The Shining into like three nights, I think. Um, have we watched this? No. Um, Maybe we should. And 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 that still apparently left out and you, modified a lot of stuff. You can't get everything. No, uh, and you know, and when I was watching the Harry, Harry Potter movies as they were coming out, I worked with a woman who had read all the books, and she hated a couple of them because they were so different than the book. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, yeah, they are. They're gonna be. Yeah. But. You know, unless you want a 17-hour movie, they're not going to be able to duplicate everything in the book the way the book, you know. Spins the story. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. that I, I understand that difference, but I would like to see somebody take another shot at The Shining as a movie. Maybe approach it the way they did it and make it two movies. Um, okay. So, but anyway, that, that's never going to happen because Kubrick's is just so revered, and so they'll never make another Shining. Um, I would like to see it approached as like a limited series. That would probably work better, but then you, like four or five episodes, maybe, yeah. and you know, good budget and great special effects and. Um, you know, flawless casting. It would require a lot of moving parts to come together really, to make it work. There's really not a huge amount of special effects needed for that. I mean, the people, the ghosts that are in the movie appear, they're, they're, they're not shimmery. They don't walk through walls. No, they're, they're like opaque they're, people. Yes, they're full body apparitions as the ghost hunters <laughs> like to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it would require that much, except maybe at the very end, if you do the actual ending of the book as opposed to the way Kubrick did it, uh, 
because, spoiler alert for The Shining, the hotel blows up. Shocked. I know. Shocked, I say. Um, I do think that there are places in the story, though, where some trippy special effects could really add something. Maybe. Just the atmospheric stuff, not, you know, lasers and, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Well. Uh, but anyway, um, casting but anyway. would be, casting would casting be. Casting would be the big thing. The big thing. Yeah. And and the sets. Uh, because. Well, the Overlook Hotel, obviously. Well, yes. And that hallway with the carpet and. Well, and the carpet as described in the book is a little different than what's. Um, what we see. What we see yeah. in the movie. So, anyway, there's a lot of opportunity there if somebody wanted to take the chance, if a studio wanted to spend the money, because it would not be a cheap movie. No. No. Uh, but, anyway. Um, Even cheap movies anymore are not cheap. Depends. Uh, I talked about uh, Godzilla Minus One last week, mm -hmm. and that movie, made in Japan was made for $15 million, allegedly. Um, the director says, I wish I had $15 million to spend on that movie. Mm. But it looks amazing. So you can make a really great looking movie and it doesn't have to cost $150-$300 million. Uh, so there's that. Oh. And while I'm talking about movies, I saw Wonka uh, recently uh, with Timothy Chalamet and others, uh, Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa. Uh, I liked it. I liked, and the music was good, I thought. Uh, it's more of a prequel to the Gene Wilder uh, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory than it is. None of which I've seen. Um, well... It's more of a prequel to that one um, than um, anything else, than the really weird Johnny Depp, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, Do you have to really say weird and Johnny Depp? Aren't they kind of, isn't it kind of redundant? It, well, you know. Mm, yeah. I, I think once you see the dichotomy between Gene Wilder's you know, still fantastical, but relatively grounded yeah. uh, version of Willy Wonka versus... The depth thing. The depth, you know, uh, freak who, <laughs> uh, who is supposed to be Willy Wonka. Uh, you'll, I, I think you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll see quite the, the difference between the two. Well, yeah, again, depth, weird. Yeah. Same. Um, but uh, but I, I saw the, the new one, Wonka, uh, that gives his early life and backstory, um, whether that's got anything to do with Roald Dahl's book, um, I don't know. Uh, but um, it, it puts a young Willy Wonka... Uh, in battle, essentially, against a cartel of chocolate makers in London. At least I assume it's London. They never said what city it was. Um, and how he 
has to battle these people who constantly seem to be one step ahead of him um, because they want, don't want Wonka making chocolate because it'll cut into their profits mm. um, because his chocolate is far superior to theirs and they know that. Uh, so, but it, I enjoyed it. I could have used more Hugh Grant's uh, Oompa Loompa, Loompa. Loompa. Uh, Oompa because he's. They have that song in there. Okay. Uh, and uh, the world of imagination. Yeah. Uh, song from the uh, Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, uh, is reprised in this one. Uh, it has a slightly different meaning. Uh, here, but uh, it, it was, I, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was very good. That's good because we don't want to go into a movie theater and spend our time and spend our money on something that's bad unless it is so bad that it's good. Well, you, you can only hope that it is something so awful that it's fun. Yeah. Uh, I have seen movies that were just plain awful. Yeah. Uh, for instance, I saw a uh, movie um, um, well, which one was it? I've seen some bad. Well, uh, neither of the Ghost Rider movies was particularly good. Um, but, um, you know, I saw a movie called Crank High Voltage. Mm -hmm. It was a sequel about this guy who in the first film had to, uh, was poisoned and had to constantly be shot up with adrenaline in order to fight off the effects of the poison. poison. And then he had all these wild, crazy adventures fighting all these people. In this one, he has his heart cut out of him and an artificial heart put in. But it needs to constantly be recharged so there's static electricity or, you know, hit with the with defib pads uh -huh. or hooked up to a, a battery jumper cables or something like that. He has to go into his little Borg hole to charge. Uh, no. No. Um, just an awful excuse for a movie that for some reason a lot of people like it is horrendous mm. in my opinion yeah if you enjoy it that's great uh but yeah that's uh, the going to a movie and putting your money down granted i usually see a matinee so it's cheaper than going to one at seven o'clock at but night but still you've used gas yeah you've it's, well, traffic and, and my and, time and your time um so yeah going to see a film if it's going to be bad it at least needs to be fun yeah fun bad uh oh the other movie i was trying to think of earlier was m night Shyamalan's the happening what a dog of a movie. Oh, wow. Um, it's where nature turns against man and, like, pollen uh, makes people crazy and everybody gets freaked out when the wind blows. Oh, gosh. It's, it's just, just horrendous. So, anyway, enough about that. Um, anything else that you watched, read, or, or uh, anything like that? 
Um, I don't know if last week if I had finished the Brenda Novak Seaside Library yet. I don't think that I had. No. Okay, so I have read my first Brenda Novak novel and finished it during the past week. It's called The Seaside Library. The library part is a bit of a misnomer. It's just kind of like a background um, against which pieces of the novel happen. Mm -hmm. um, it's hybrid... Um, High school buddies reconnect after two decades apart, slash love story, slash love triangle, slash murder mystery. So um, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. It was well paced. Mm -hmm. It was both the love story and the murder mystery story part of it. Um, each portion was well paced, although I have to say I did have a pretty 95% idea of who done it 113 pages before the end of the book <laughs> but the way that she um foreshadowed who done it and then the way that we find out actually who done it was was good and so um in doing a little more research about brenda novak she's she's written a number of standalone novels as well as several series of of books so the next time I'm in the mood for this kind of book, I may start a series. I don't know um, because I kind of like to sort of leave my options open mm -hmm. and, you know, but um, but I enjoyed it. So Brenda Novak, the Seaside Library, um, I was favorably moved. All right. So, cool. yeah. Um, and when I'm at the gym, uh, there are always... You know, they've got a whole bank of TVs uh -huh. up and running. And I have, but I can't hear them. Yeah. Um, so I have seen, without any sound, The Masked Singer. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> um, on Fox. Uh -huh. And I was intrigued by the episode that I then later found out was the um, finale of Round C, I think is what they called it, where they sent one of the singers in these giant elaborate costumes mm -hmm. to the finals, which I think occurred this week, but I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up watching that episode on Hulu. Okay. And that was enough. Okay. Um, I mean, the singers performed well. Um, and the the term celebrity to re refer to the people in the costumes mm -hmm. or the celebrity judges. Loose. Uh, very loose. Yeah. Um, like D-list? Um, well, no, but like. But not A-list either. Well, A-list 30 years ago kind of people. Okay. Uh, for instance, one of the people they unmasked was John Oates from Holland Oates. Okay. He just got in some trouble recently. He, well, he's, he and Daryl Hall are involved in a lawsuit against each other that I do not know the particulars to. Well, I think John, John Oates was like, it was like a domestic beef. Oh. I don't like know recently. About that. Yeah. Anyway. But. Uh, yeah, uh, all the filler that surrounds it, 
um, just, uh, you know, oh, I, I realize they got to fill up an hour of TV. I, I understand that. And I realize that all of these uh, game show slash reality show slash competition mm -hmm. shows are on TV right now because of the actors and writers strike. Yeah. So they're filling time with these shows that don't fall under either of those. Um, or didn't fall under either yeah. of those. But, uh, you know, it was Meh. fine. Yeah. I One was enough to satisfy my curiosity and I'm, I'm going to just let them go. Okay. Uh, anything else? No. it's We're almost done. I know. Just wanted to double check. Mm -mm. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We appreciate all the support you've given us in 2023. Uh, I posted our uh, uh, Spotify wrapped uh, about, you know, we've had a decent amount of growth. Oh, good. And downloads as well as in listeners, uh, followers uh, on Spotify. So uh, we would certainly love to continue that trend if you do not already subscribe to us on your platform, podcast platform of choice, please do subscribe. And if you use Spotify, you don't have to pay for it in order to still listen to podcasts on it. Uh, if you give us a follow on Spotify, that helps us out a whole lot. If you have a, a suggestion for something for us to watch, you can send us what it is you want us to watch and why you think we should watch it, send that to comedy tragedy marriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message um, by clicking the link in the description of this episode. This will be our last episode for 2023. There are 211 and counting this one, 211 oh episodes gosh. that uh, if you haven't heard them all, they're pretty much evergreen. Uh, with a few exceptions where I talked about news, uh, entertainment news going on at yeah. the time. But uh, most of them are evergreen, so please feel free to go back through the library and check out other episodes of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Stan the Movie Man. That's Maude the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. later.